all right. Hey there, boys and girls. <coughs> it's time for your favorite. What are you laughing at? I just I coughed immediately. I always clear my throat as did, soon as did, we did start. Did you do it on purpose? No, it really just naturally happens all the time. Uh, I had a nice, fun... Uh, I have an allergy thing going on. Go ahead, start over. I had like a kid's show intro. Oh, I pretend this didn't happen. Go planned. ahead. Go ahead. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to your favorite Wednesday morning podcast that you can really listen to whenever you want, not just Wednesday mornings. Hi, my name is Uncle Adam. I probably, the cough was big, was warranted. Hi, I'm Aunt Ryan. Yes, let's go with Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Ryan. Auntie, Auntie Ryan. And this is Uncle Adam and Auntie <laughs> Ryan's podcast extravaganza. Thanks for joining us again. It's good to be here. 
It's good to hear you. Yeah, well, we're not hearing them, but it's good that you're hearing us. I can kind of hear something if I listen real hard. I can hear the commute. I could hear the morning commute on your Wednesday morning. Can you hear the laughs? Can you hear the chuckles? I never hear the laughs or the chuckles, <laughs> and I know that that's a huge, that's a kind of a problem. In what way? Oh, uh, is this? We're supposed to be at least three percent funny, right? I think we're at the very least three percent funny. Yes. I don't think that's hard to do. Yeah. 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 For you, you roll out of bed every day, fifteen no, I think or it, more percent funny. I, I mean, fifteen is not that much. But Just the I, thought of you rolling out of bed is at least fifty percent funny to I, me. Well, I think everybody is funny. Do you really? Yeah, I do. People say, are they funny? Who's not funny? I never met anybody who was never funny. All right. Well, we're immediately going to just see if our guest is a completely <laughs> hilarious and funny person. I'm sure at times that you, you are. Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> I'm so sorry to put you on the spot like that. We're, we are not, um, I don't know what I'm doing. Hi, everyone. Our guest today, uh, my dear friend, Annika Franklin. Hello, Annika. How are you? Is this funny? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Okay. I mean, I'm laughing. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, as you can see, um, this is you're meeting me for the first time as a podcast guy. This am is I, true. Am I different as a podcast guy? I'm pretty used to seeing you with headphones on, so no. All right, so no, not that different. He's not more personable. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe 15% more personable since we are okay. liking the 15% yeah, here. We're, we're going, we're, we're a 15% podcast. So you're meeting his podcast persona, and uh, you met me for the very first time today. I've never met you before, so hello. Hi. <laughs> and uh, this is the show. This is what we do, and then we speak into these microphones. <laughs> it's good to have you here. I'm happy to be here. How was the ride over? Um, well, I think I'm traumatized from the time that my clutch went out when I was driving here that other time. Oh, geez. So now I just always think, I'm like, is it, is it going? It's, I have a whole new clutch. I don't know why it would be a problem. Oh, no. You're good for another 200,000 miles. Still, easy. I don't, but it's like a post-traumatic it's, stress yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's scary when your clutch gives out because it's like no matter what <clears throat> gear you shift in, it sounds like you're revving. I, and if that happens to you on the highway, that's no good. This is news to me. I don't know anything about... Oh, you're about to, right? I'm supposed to take a test for work in a truck, in a manual. I'm supposed to learn it, but I don't know how to do it currently. So I don't know anything that you guys are saying. You got to learn. I got to learn it. You got to find somebody who's nice enough to let you learn on their clutch. Yes, that's true. I know somebody with a brand new clutch that maybe you can <laughs> you can give that a shot, break it in a little bit. I'm, I, I, I got to practice on these trucks. I can't, a car I think is a different animal, but yeah, I did, I, I did it once in a like a little, it was like a little workman go-kart thing that was stick. And But I would stall it all the time. I sucked. I wasn't good at it at all. So I'm afraid to do it in real life. I had a car that um, I think probably like five or six different people learned to drive stick on that car. Because, um, you know, the members of my family, my siblings, myself. And then uh, I kept having boyfriends who couldn't drive stick. And that was really problematic that I could and they couldn't. And <laughs> oh, did, was it like emasculating it for them? Yeah, kind of. So, Or, or maybe they just wanted to learn. So like, it didn't bother you, it bothered them? It bothered them. But here's the thing. Even if they didn't know it bothered them, the most like woke guy, the most like feminist, like big hearted, <laughs> lo- like whatever, whatever this guy is supposed to be, his like borderline misogyny will come out when you're teaching him to drive stick. <laughs> like, I don't care how, like, wonderfully enlightened you think you are. There's a little bit in you, and it's going to come out when your girlfriend's teaching you to drive stick. Listen, I totally buy that. I do, too. the main reason why I learned was to be more of a man. Is that I, true? Yeah, I, I thought, I need to get a car to stick shift. I don't have that in me. Jump into the fire and learn how to drive this car I don't know how to drive because that will make me 15% more of a man. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that my 15% of misogyny wouldn't come out if I was learning stick from, from a woman. It might, <laughs> but I don't have the thing in me that feels I need to know how to do that. I have I, zero fucking interest. A girl could drive me around everywhere and... <laughs> Whatever the fuck she wanted, I don't care about that. I don't. I'd rather not drive. So yes, I don't. I, I'm aware of that. So I don't possess that in me. I really don't. I, so driving Auntie Ryan. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sit in the back seat and just take me take. No, yeah. So I don't. I don't have that. Like, um, Adam, you've known me a long time. Do you think there's anything in me that's like wants to be manly? Do you think there's anything in me that's like I gotta show off some manliness? No. Yeah, I don't think I have much of that in me. <laughs> I think that I think that might be a good quality. I don't know. To the outside world, to yourself, it might be quite detrimental. And as you said, it's in there. I'm sure there is some degree of, as they would say, toxic masculinity. I'm sure there's something in me, but I don't think there's a whole lot of skills I feel I need to learn. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good skill to have because, like, it has, like, it imp- for me, it impresses guys. Yeah, so, it's, impre- it's impressive when I see people who know how to drive those things. It is. It's like there are two things that I can do that are like little traps for three things. One, <laughs> one is drive stick. Two is be able to talk about the wire. Um, oh. Okay, I could do one of those things. And, and three is um, quote Tim and Eric. I can do two of those things. Wow. So if, if I do those things to like the right set of men who are probably the men I want to be dating, done. It's done. I, can only, I win. I can only do two of those things. I guess I have to learn this first one. I can only do one of those things. The wire? No, the stick. The stick. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I haven't seen the wire, and I'm not well versed enough in Tim and Eric world. I I do know all those things. Other than yeah. petite feet. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's cool. I just watch a lot of shit though, so it's like, but that's the yeah for certain. Yeah. It's just something where like, and I only know this from like a very brief stint of internet dating, so I got a lot of data in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I could kind of crunch the numbers on this. Right. And it just, there's something like when a, when a woman does this, <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, you must understand my soul. I can trust you. Like I, it's, it, I wish it's I weird. could say that you're wrong, but I do feel like, I do feel like if I met somebody, anybody really, but definitely a girl and they, and they were very well versed in that kind of thing that I like, you, that is your thinking, right? You think like, wow, she's cool, right? Well, she's cool. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, she's cool. Yeah, exactly. And she did quotation marks. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the cool girl is. Yeah, it's so stupid. I'm just imagining Ryan at a bar and a and a girl coming <laughs> a girl coming on to you with uh, like a quote from Tim and Eric. I would just quote Tim and Eric all night, and nothing else would get done. <laughs> like the girl, I wouldn't know she was hitting on me. I would just be like, "Oh, cool, we're talking Tim and Eric. Cool, let's do it." And then I would do that for like an hour until they got bored. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. You have to be really in it to win it. Like you have to be able to commit to that kind of banter. For, for like a minute. Well, I guess I have to meet that person, you know, who's committed to... Because me, I just I just would keep talking about it. <laughs> I think the right person is out there for you, Auntie Ryan. I'm okay. I'm, I'm not really looking. But, uh, but uh, yeah, you're probably... Well, we've, we've talked about that plenty. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to get back into that. No, I'd rather not. But, uh, yeah. Annika, would, would you mind if I read a portion of your bio from your website here? Or is that too, is that too weird? Should I not do it? No, you can do it. <laughs> All right. Listen. All right. I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you about my pal Annika here. Annika is a performer, writer, and educator from New York State. Writing credit writing credits include a short film, Not Cool, in which she also starred, as well as a one-woman show called You Met Me at a Very Strange Time in My Life. She's been featured on HBO's Boardwalk Empire and Cinemax's The Nick. And she's also written and performed music with the indie rock group Bevy. That's who that's who we're dealing with here. Very cool. You're probably the highest credentialed uh guest we've ever had on the show. Well, you didn't even say what I, I, oh, I didn't even say that you speak four languages. I don't speak four languages. How many languages do you speak? Uh really just one. I mean, my French is so bad at this point. Like I could carry on a conversation, but it's nowhere near where it used to be. And uh, what, wait, what was the? Oh, and you studied ballet in Moscow. Well, everybody in my class did. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you your whole I mean, class went to Moscow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's intense. Yeah. That's like something in the beginning of a psychological thriller. That's a John Wick thing, right? Wasn't he a yeah. Russian ballet guy? That's what you find out. In the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're basically John Wick to me at this point. I mean, I wasn't very good. Well, it's better. You're probably better than me and Adam. Can you stand on your tippy toes? Sure. God. All right, I'm going to go with that. I can barely stand on my feet. <laughs> Good God. 
I just, um, I just think about the black swan or something. Yeah. <laughs> was your experience anything like the black swan? Exactly. It was exactly. Blow for blow. Oh, wow. Okay, so we know it then. We don't have to go through it. And go watch that movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. A boardwalk. We, I know another guy that was in Boardwalk Empire. What uh, was that dude's name? Uh, Matt Giravenu. Ah. He was in Boardwalk Empire. But, I, but that's very cool to me. I don't know. Like, and the, uh, Nick, I, I think that's, that's, that's cool to me. Yeah, I had to, I actually I rewatched your reel today on your website for the first time in a while. Yeah, speaking speaking parts, not just background, right? Not just extra. No, I know. Yeah, I, I believe you. I mean, that's. I don't think you'd mention it if it was extra background. Right? So I, I would not put background work in yeah. my bio. You're also like, if you're trying to like make it, you're not supposed to do background work because then you can't book that show yeah. as like a principal. Oh, that oh, makes sense. True. Yeah, so. that's right. You were uh, in Boardwalk. You played a um, a prostitute, right? Uh, sex worker. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, the, no, the script definitely said prostitute. Yeah, it definitely said prostitute number one. I don't think they oh, called. Oh, you were number. one. I was number one, and this gave my father great solace because <laughs> he got to say at least she's the number one prostitute. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they said sex worker back then when that show takes place. They probably said prostitute. Yeah, prostitute was probably the nicest thing they said <laughs> yeah. back then. I never watched the. Sh- did you ever watch that show? Yeah, I did. I watched a few episodes and fell finish, out of it. I didn't finish it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I watched up to uh, Michael Pitt's demise. Okay, well, huge fucking spoiler <laughs> for people that have not watched that show. Good lord, Michael I, Pitt is why I watched as much of that show as I watched. You know, so you're a Michael Pitt fan. I mean, sort of. Were you after Michael Pitt in the show? Did you meet Michael Pitt? No, you missed out on Michael. No, Pitt. no. Missed out on the pit. Anyone cool? And in the show, did you work with anyone cool? Um, this is going to make me look really bad because I forget the actor's name. Oh, that's fine. Somebody who you would have probably heard of. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, and a guy who was on The Wire who was on oh. set with me in oh, the scene. Awesome. But I had a teacher who was also on The Wire, and they were like their characters were like friends. So I got to go up to him, and I was like. Like an excuse to talk to him. Like I really just wanted to was talk it to him. Was it Michael K. Williams? No, no, not him. Oh no. Um, but he kills my the guy I know who was in the show. He shoots him in the face. Didn't he die? In the show. He just died recently. Yeah, yeah my, he did. Yeah, he did. Yep. Um, but anyway, I got to go up to him and be like, "I think you know my teacher." And, oh, so and you he were was able like, to... "Yeah, I do." And I like had it, and I got to talk to like the guy from the show, and nice. I was like, you know, able to hit it off. I mean, it wasn't a lengthy conversation. I play prostitute one. Yeah, right? That's one way to open a conversation. <laughs> no, I mean, that's cool to me. I mean, we don't do anything, me and Adam. We suck, so that's cool. That's, no, I, we, once, uh, we once met David Duchovny <laughs> in, in a line. To get, what? To How get, have you not told me the story? <laughs> we, we went to a, a book signing. David Duchovny wrote a book. And uh, like a children's book, he's written other books, but it was like a children's book. So we went to a to Barnes, a Barnes and Noble, the one in I don't know in Manhattan, yeah, New York, yeah, somewhere. And it was me and Ryan in a sea <laughs> of middle-aged women, and we we watched. They were all so excited to meet the dude from Californication, and me and you were just like, "Hey, X, you know, he saw us in that crowd and was like, there's the X Files guys.' There's you know? the two the two weird <laughs> nerds that love the X Files, yeah." And uh, Bree Sharp was there and sang uh, the David Duchovny song. Why don't you love me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we went up to to him. He signed our books, and uh, we left. That was it. Yeah, I mean that's the only cool thing. The fact that I had to mention that I knew someone else from Boardwalk. I I wrote and we filmed something, and I acted with the guy that was ended up being a Boardwalk. So my claim to fame is that I did an amateur thing with a guy who eventually had a small role on Boardwalk Empire. Oh, you can totally get to Kevin Bacon that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably could. You, you can six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We can get you there. Why was he picked to be the six degree? Because he's guy? been in so he was in like so many things within he, a certain period of time. He, you know. You don't think about Kevin Bacon. I don't. But then when you do think about him, you start seeing him everywhere. It's true. He's been everywhere. All right. You could probably do the Kevin Bacon thing in what, yeah. two? Are we two doing moves? that? Oh, God. We tried doing this once before on the show, and it was a disaster. It took, yeah, too, it's going to yeah. be a disaster. It takes too long to figure. You can figure it out, but it takes a while. Yeah, that's more of a uh, off-mic game you play. <laughs> I have to be like, I, I have to be properly mentally 
prepped for that game because yeah. I have to have like brushed up on my Kevin Bacon IMDb page, and then I can do it. That's fair. Yeah, the, that's where I start. I start with Kevin Bacon. What was he in? I mean, he's been in so many things, but it's like, see, I'm already trying to do it, and now the show is getting dead air because I'm trying to do it right now. <laughs> yeah, we can't I, do it. If, if you were in, hold on. <laughs> I know it can be done. It most certainly can be done. All right, let's not go down this road okay, again. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. We tried it once, you know. Maybe while a song plays, I'll figure it out. And you're also an, an indie rocker. I am an indie rocker. And I, you, I was just listening to a song called Indie Rockers on the way here. Wow. Who did that song? It's an MGMT song. It's like, oh, I, yeah. I think not, oh, that sounds familiar, It actually. was from like an EP or something. And I thought it would be the coolest song to like cover at some point. Somebody totally covered it. It like comes up at my Spotify playlist more than the real song. Yeah. Beat and me then to it. Kills it. it. Yeah. No, no, they did a good job. It's good. They did a good job. Well, it kills your idea to kills cover it. Kills my idea. That's happened to me several times. Has it really? Oh, sure. Yeah. It happens, man. Now, this is where I'm at, the odd man out here. I am not a musician. By, uh, of, of any of any talent or skill, I have no skill in that field. All right, well, you can leave the room. Yeah, I'll be right the, back. I'm going to do a slice. <laughs> no, no, you can an- you can ask questions that we wouldn't have thought needed to be answered. That is true. You well, can please, be like the surrogate for the audience. It, this is going to be more dead air than six uh, degrees. Annika just found a way to make you useful. All right, it's so the first time gonna... anybody has, but I I'm <laughs> failing at it immediately. I don't know. I can't. I have no questions. So, How you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, you did, you were in this band Bevy, and this was during this is during the Brooklyn thing. The Brooklyn thing. You were part. You were a major player in the in the Brooklyn thing. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I lived there for eight years, and I knew a lot of people who also lived there because of the nature of the work I did. I met a lot of people. So, what was your first year there? Twenty eleven. All right. So you you were there. For for the height of whatever was going on, it wasn't the height; it was the tail end. I mean, people who had been there for a while were already like, "You missed it, really." But like, if you were there when all the like the cool venues were still up on Kent before um, Vice went there, mm-hmm. then you caught the tail end of it. Like a bunch of cool venues closed within like a year or two of me getting there. So Vice ruined everything. Does that surprise you? Yeah. It doesn't surprise me yeah, at all. That makes sense, yeah. Oh. I knew nothing about that. I knew that there was a Brooklyn thing, but... Vi- I, Vi- I, Vice and the dumb guy that eats one bite of pizza ruined everything, really. But Vice... <laughs> yeah, the internet. Yeah, but Vice was one of those things when it first came out, I remember people were jacked on it. People were like, it tells the real... And then within six months, everyone hated it. <laughs> everyone yeah. turned on it. Clickbait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they ended the Brooklyn thing. Well... Yeah, they did. No, I mean, but the, I mean, and that's we're talking about the Williamsburg thing in that case. Mm-hmm. Should we be more specific of what the Brooklyn thing was <laughs> for the people listening? It was a, a hip music scene. It was a hip music. There's still a lot of hip. Uh, it's a very hip area, but there was a thing. There was a there was a scene. Well, it used to be. So it used to be that like in the Williamsburg area, which is like you know was a cool area. Um, it used to be that like people who had like no money, like lots of artists, could live there. And then it got a little bit more expensive, but people who were artists and had no money could still afford to live close enough to work there. Mm. And that's when I lived there. So, like, the service industry kind of, like, level of folks were, like, running around and we all knew each other and, like, the restaurants and bars would be, like... Like our sister restaurant, we'd all drink for free everywhere. So we were just running around Brooklyn, like, you know everybody knew everybody and so we weren't you know we weren't really part of the scene we kind of had our own like lower scene but that's not even there so we were kind of like locals sort of just because we spent so much time there yeah. and we worked there but um now i don't i don't know I, I don't know i haven't been there in a long time but um it i don't think that it has that kind of like working like not working class but like ser- service industry class grit and right. gumption eventually right they all get eaten up right where it's like <laughs> this is a cool place to live and then like people realize that and they're like how can i make money off of that <laughs> like and, and then, then it's, it's just commercialized and then, and then it's like kind of gets ruined i mean my first apartment in bedsty we paid fifteen hundred dollars total for a two-bedroom that also had an office and a huge living room. Yeah, wow. that's, that's insane. And yeah. it was next to a vacant lot. I've told you this story. It was next to a vacant lot, and my mom helped me move in, and she was really concerned because bed was like 
Bedstuy was very different from how it is now mm-hmm. in 2011. And she said, "Oh, I'm so worried about you living next to this vacant lot." And I said, "Mom, it's going to be condos in two years." Yeah, <laughs> it was condos in one year. Wow. Oh, whoa. yeah. And they—that's why we had to move out of that apartment because they removed something they weren't supposed to remove, and our building started sinking into the ground. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I'm sure those condos were probably like four grand. Yeah. yeah. Was, and that was like the first sort of like push. I mean, I remember even when I moved to the other side of Bedstuy, going back to where I had lived, and um, all these things had opened like overnight. It was ridiculous. Like I, I didn't recognize it. And people would like come and go, oh, you know this place. I'm like, no. Yeah. Like <laughs> you just could you couldn't stay up to the cutting edge of of Brooklyn. I I had well, I don't want to say I had no desire to, but like. You can say that you had no desire no, to. No, no, I don't. The Brooklyn I, people will get pissed, but that's no, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just that, like, I don't really know what the cutting-edge Brooklyn scene is anymore, so I can't, oh, like, right. yay or nay that no, for we're my not own talking, personal aspirations. Right. We're not talking about it now. Adam, did you ever go to – did you ever – I don't know if, know if I've did, ever spent any time in Brooklyn. There had to be a show there, right? The most The most time I ever spent there was when I was <laughs> doing servers with Pat. I refused to do that, yeah. yeah. He had the – the rehearsal space that was 2012, and that was in uh, I think that was in Williamsburg. I would take the train from uh, where I was working in New York, and I would go. I was I acted in our buddy's play, and oh. uh, yeah, it was. Um, I refused because of the buddy. Yeah, I, it, I knew it'd be a disaster, and it was. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to unpack that. No, we've done it before. It was a disaster, but <laughs> yeah. I'll just say he kept forgetting the keys to the rehearsal space oh, no. and would have to drive back to Denville <laughs> <laughs> to, to get them. What? That's a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah it was a... It That's was the a, tip of the iceberg of, of what went down on this thing. But it was a bit extra. As the kids would say. As the kids would You're say. You're hip. Yeah. You can see, you could go to Brooklyn. Me. You're hip. Do the kids still say that? I, yeah. they, they did last week, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I can't keep up with these... But, slang moves quicker now because the internet, you know, I can't keep up. Yeah, but you were there, you were there living there and working there. Eight years, you said. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. And, it goes uh, quick, but. What, what'd you do? You did the classic entertainment, uh, like you, you were like uh, waiting? Yeah, I was, do- I was a waitress. Mm-hmm. I was a waitress at like a nice restaurant that was in a hotel that was part of like a restaurant company that was kind of like all the restaurants were like in one family. Mm-hmm. So you were kind of like, oh, you'd go to a party at the other one. But like, that sounds like so much fun. Well, it was insane. And um, so at the holiday party, was I just talking to you about this? Maybe. The ho- so they had the holiday party once a year and they would rent out like all of Union Pool or all of El Cortez, like whole venues. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. then. It was just everybody from all the restaurants would go and... Restaurant parties. It w- But it was nobody parties harder. The, nobody yeah. party, parties the harder. The restaurant folk? I think yeah. I knew that. I think like, that's... I get that. So it was so much. And uh, like, I remember my first year, I was like fresh meat, essentially. <laughs> and my friend had to like rescue me because oh, wow. things were getting like weird. So this wasn't a... This oh, is a, a negative aspect of the party. <laughs> I mean, like later, I got I got sort of able to, you know, fend for yourself, fend for myself. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but <laughs> wend my own way and um, knew how to deal with it. I guess. Well, maybe I was just, you know, I was harder. Like mm-hmm. they had become hard. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit hard too. Yeah, I'd had, you know, I'd done some partying myself, um, and I was more incorporated into the scene. So, um, but I mean, these parties were, and they were open bar until. Two, I think, and then oh. you could bring other people, God. but it wasn't open bar anymore. This but by then, been, everybody was. This would have been dangerous. Yeah, for, this would have been the end of me. It was yeah, dangerous. Same, same. It, yeah. it was dangerous. Like bad things happened. Yeah, this would have been real bad for me. At oh. that young, twenty-two, I was in two thousand eleven. Yeah, I might not have survived that 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 period of time. <laughs> oh no, certainly not. How did you survive? By the way. Um, well, when I first moved to Brooklyn, I was actually working at a restaurant in Chinatown. It was a Mexican restaurant in Chinatown. All right. And it was kind of like slick. Um, and it was just opening. And I somehow got, I didn't have very much, I had had one job for six weeks in Harvard Square. Mm-hmm. That was the extent of my waitressing career. And somehow somebody talked somebody into hiring me. And then I kind of got accidentally put onto a shift that I probably wasn't supposed to have mm-hmm. and ended up working all these events before, like, they were like fashion week events before the venue was open. And this, I could t- we could talk about this for your entire podcast. And <laughs> we, we probably shouldn't, but 
it, the stories I have. Well, it's good from to know this that, place. that we could swing back to it if we start. Right now I mean, to talk about. I have so many stories. So basically, that was kind of insane. Um, and I start, I start dating the chef because that's the cool thing to do when you're a 23 year old waitress. <laughs> it's still pretty. It's still um, pretty cool. No, I, I was being sarcastic. I don't think it was cool <laughs> so, then. So so was I. Um, so was okay, I. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Never date a chef. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Especially I that, learned that the yeah. hard way. Um, and uh, so, like... Why I'm shitting on chefs. Anyway, continue. <laughs> no, I mean, I just... I We drank so much there, like, I, that I kind of got... I think I built up, like, a tolerance to, like, how hard people party because it was in this smaller mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was dating the chef, and he lived in Williamsburg. So we would ride back across the Williamsburg Bridge um, on his Vespa every night. Oh, wow. This <laughs> um, is so cool. It was not cool. It was not cool. It was cold. It was cold, okay? It was cold on that Vespa. But I still remember, like, you know, ta- like, cab rides. Actually, this is going to, like, get me emotional. Like, cab rides going back across the Williamsburg Bridge with, like, various friends. I mean, this was way pre-Uber. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um this just like, you know, so late at night or early in the morning. And so I kind of like was in this one scene and then, but it was kind of a shit show. And then I, sorry, can I say that? Yeah. Okay. You can say um, fuck if you want. Well, I mean, I'm not saying we'll, that you we'll want, get to that. but I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's work up to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that place, I left that place because the chef got fired and I was still dating him. And uh, so I was like in solidarity. I like left. It was a walkout. Could, could I ask why the chef got fired? remember oh bummer it was some big drama but i don't remember what it was okay um, he wasn't putting like boogers in the food i or was anything. just gonna say putting something gross in the food no he like was butting heads with the owners about like how authentic he wanted to keep oh, the some, food some bureaucracy well because he was like some some pretentious well he was from mexico and like he was really good at like traditional mexican cuisine uh, and that's okay. what he was trained in that i get and so they brought on this like really good i mean he was a shitty boyfriend but he was a really good chef yeah and they brought on this like you know, this guy from Mexico, like they were sponsoring his visa. All right. And, uh, but it was this clubby restaurant and they kept pushing like clubbier and clubbier and trying to like meet people's needs. And yeah. um, the guy just still wanted to keep things authentic. And I think that's eventually what happened. But he was like, he was like a bridge burner. He was like not very good at oh, yeah. certain things. Confrontations. <laughs> I don't know what his deal was. He, he was always... He, he was always getting into trouble somehow. But, this guy um, sounds cool. No, he's not. He's really not cool. He texted me recently, and I did not text him back. We are not in touch. But um, we're gonna do a blow by blow count <laughs> of all of your boyfriends from this chef. How many other chefs were there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think there was another one at the same time. Adam tends to push at the get, same time. Well, at the beginning when it wasn't like official yet. There Adam, was overlapping chefs. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Howard Stern now. I was gonna say, you, you push the guests, and then we have to edit things out. Let's not let's not push too hard here. No, it's fine. I mean, because like that was another part of the Brooklyn thing. He was man. It sounded like it was a cool, fun time. Uh, oh, but the, where I, where I was going with this is that when I left the restaurant, I ended up following my manager there to work at a cocktail lounge. Oh. So I was cocktailing. Cocktail. In the financial district. Oh, man. Wow. And I had to wear heels. Fancy. Um, it's the oh, only Jesus. job I've ever had where I had to wear heels. I can only imagine the level of sexual harassment you we were probably supposed to, had like, to endure. sell bottles and also sell ourselves as part of the Yeesh. experience. Ugh. Um, and yeah, that place, one, of, one of those joints. Tell me that was in the handbook. Sell yourself as one part of, those of this joints. experience. I mean, like, that's something that, like, I think my, my manager's, she's a really cool girl. And she was very savvy, but, like, she would say shit like that because she knew. You know what I mean? She'd been doing this for a long – she was 25. She'd been doing it since she was, like, 17. I don't oh, wow. fault – I don't fault women for doing those things for money, obviously. Like, fucking make the money off of these idiots. But every time I've ever been to a place like that, it feels fucking weird to me. Is it as, is it as sleazy as we imagine it or – 
Was it? Um, well, this place was like, I mean, the girls weren't sleazy. No, no, of course the dudes, not. Yeah, the dudes. we're talking about the clientele. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, they were really rich. You know what I mean? So it was, a, so it was okay. <laughs> no, I just mean like they like they were a different, they were that kind of sleazy. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the, the like my, well-coiffed sleazy. That mm. might even be the worst kind of sleazy. Because those are the guys that can get away with being sleazy. Yeah. I had this guy who... Um, he like he just kept I was like talking to him at the bar one night I think I was just sort of keeping company because he was really sad and I maybe had gotten off work or something and he just like kept drinking and he kept going further and further into like his life story and he just gotten divorced he gotten served divorce papers that day and that's why he was like drinking and so sad oh Christ and I was like well this you know you're really living a drama <laughs> And I was like, well, you're, you know, you're, you're only 42, you said, and, you know, you, there aren't kids involved, so, you know, that's a pretty clean break. You guys can go your separate ways. And he's like, do you want kids? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, he leans in. He's like, I think you'd make a wonderful mother. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh. Well, it sounds like a nice thing for someone to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... There's a, there's a time and a place to say something like that. I know. I'm, I don't, I'm obviously kidding. I don't think that that was the right time or no, place to no. say something like that. Because I think like he that. was coming on to me. Which yeah, is weird because it's like... He was. Is he is he saying that he likes you because you seem... What? Yeah, I don't know what the connotation is. Does he want you to be his mother? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I have even taken it there. Like I, I take it there because I'm weird as shit. But I would just wonder if... I, I, just, I just know how gross people are, you know? I don't know. You never know with a guy like that. Mother me, please. yeah, exactly. Somebody mother me, right? You seem like you really could take care of me. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was li- almost literally half his age, I think. And so, so that that was uh, that was a no go. Oh, so so that <laughs> restaurant, all. yeah, that was a no go. And then that restaurant actually um, drowned in Hurricane Sandy. Ooh, that oh, sucks. But it was already so <laughs> underwater. Um, yeah. that it was kind See? of like a godsend. There's your 15% funny. Yeah. There's my 15% funny. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they like, I mean, it was scary. I, there, I could tell a bunch, I could tell you so many stories about that place too, but, um, like the bathrooms were entirely made of mirrors. Like every surface was okay, mirrored. Okay, hold on a second. That is <laughs> fucking crazy. Was the floor mirrors? No, no. I think it might have been. What? <laughs> I feel like that would be like you an acid yeah. trip. You'd vomit walking into there. Like you're everywhere. It seems like a violation. And it seems like yeah. It seems like a violation for anybody that wears a skirt. Well, I think the point is just that you can do drugs on any surface. Wow. Oh. So you're just laying on the floor doing coke on the mirror floor. <laughs> I, it was. It, I think it was just to be like you know. I, I it was. It was like. There was so much blow, like just mm-hmm. everywhere between yeah. the first restaurant and then this place, and it's like a rich, yeah, of course. Um, I didn't even know, like I did not know, and then I ended up later dating a guy who. It's I haven't dated that many guys. Okay, it just these stories just keep. It's coming fun. We're on a roll. That's all. That's um, cool. But um, <laughs> so when I was working at the first the Mexican restaurant, there was this kid who like was kind of like everyone thought he was cute, and he had gone to Brown, and I had sort of gone to Harvard so everyone was like oh like Ivy League kids mm-hmm. and um and then he uh he got hired somewhere and he like got a real job that was like not a restaurant job and I was like really like you know kind of like oh god he made it like good for him and then like five years later mm-hmm. I ran into him at a concert um and he was like Annika and I was like John and uh and then I gave him my number and he didn't call me. Right. But a month later, he showed up at a bevy show that was on the beach at Rippers. Wow. So then we started dating and we dated for five years. All right. Oh, well, the reason I brought up John was because that he told me, he was like, we were all doing so much blow. And I was like, like at that time, like back then, we were, that's so and so was a dealer and so and so was a dealer. And they would just give me Coke all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I had no idea. When, when you're young and you first start encountering blow, there, it is a feeling of like, what? That stuff from the movies? Like, it feels so serious. And it's like, oh, everybody here is doing cocaine. Like, then you don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't do cocaine. I'm just saying. That was that was a, a great uh, Coke sol- soliloquy <laughs> right yeah. there. I love it. I, I'm not a Coke guy. All right, good. I'm glad that we established yeah. that. Yeah. I'm really glad. Yeah. 
make it clear. Onyx is also here for a reason. I want to get to this in, in E1 with Annika, episode one. Wait, okay. Can we just, can you stop calling? It's so weird when you call me Annika. Can you just call me Ani, please? Like oh, I'm normal. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ani. Ani, I'm, I'm in podcaster uh, mode here. No, it's just, it's just, you know, I prefer Ani socially. Annika's like for work and stuff. But if people want to find you on Spotify. If people want to find me on Spotify, then it's. They got to type in Annika. They have to type in Annika. A-N-N-I-K-A. This guy's such a professional. Such a professional. He comes in, he turns it on, he's just, he's rocking and rolling. Consummate professional, really. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me go. I'm on a roll. Hey, I think we're wearing the same color shirt. Yeah. Good. Maroon for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Wearing maroon. Yes. Excellent. All right, let's get to it then. There's let's. A... <laughs> <laughs> We've, uh, uh, Ani, Ani and I have been working together on an, uh, an album, an album of songs that Ani wrote. And uh, that's one of the reasons why you're here. I've wanted to have you on the show, you know, since I've met you, but I wanted to, I wanted to save it for when it was, it was, it made the most sense. I think it makes the most sense now. Have we gotten to the most sense part? Yeah. No, it makes total sense. It, it's, it's going incredibly smooth. You have many stories, which helps. I yes. mean, <laughs> you can cut me off at any no, time. It helps. We just need to kill an hour. Tell as many stories as you as you want. Yeah, like, no, I could. We could. We could write several books. Like it, I just have. I know you. You had an interesting TV show life. My TV show life would have been canceled after like season one. It just like was not good. <laughs> Nobody wants to see it. So we need interesting people. You know. So uh, what? A year and a half ago, Ani presents to me some demos that she's done. And I'm, um, I'm on board immediately. I mean, they weren't even demos. They were like me playing acoustic guitar poorly, and they were like iPhone note recordings. Yeah, what do we? They're the naked songs. We Is call that, them naked songs. That's what we refer yeah. to them as. Just voice acoustic, and uh, I was into them. And I didn't have a job, and I was living at my parents' house. And I said, you know, <laughs> actually, you asked me if we wanted to work together, and now we're working together, and we're almost done. We are almost done, and uh, we're going away. This is like we're going away from the Brooklyn thing, the that's Brooklyn fine. sound. That's fine, and that's what you wanted. Like you, uh, right? I mean, <laughs> well, it's a very different kind of project because with Bevy, you know, that was a four-piece. Oh, how many people were? Whatever we were, you know, we were a band, and like I would write songs and bring them in, but we would all develop everything together you know what i mean right whereas this i just was like writing yeah everything you're, you're the songwriter well and like you know even be, even being able to figure out like instrumental parts and like not having i mean obviously like you help a lot you do a lot of those too but sometimes i'm just like you know in the in the monstrosities mm -hmm. which are the demos i make now um monstrosity means demo yeah. listener um thank you thank you yeah <laughs> I am the listener right now. I'm, I'm interested. And I've been hearing about, I didn't know anything about any of this, but I just know Adam always does these projects. So when I'd be like, hey, Adam, do you want to do this uh, for this project or this project? I'm pretty shh, shh. I'm pretty shh about my project. And he'll be like, no, no, I've, I have to record this other thing. And so I knew there was stuff going on, but I mm. didn't really know what was going on. So it was always news to me. Um, but it's uh, it's that's cool. Well, now we're coming, we're stepping out into the spotlight. I hope. Yeah. Because we're almost done, and um, yeah. So it's just you know, I mean, it's also kind of a COVID project. You know what I mean? Like I was like isolated and doing like all this stuff by myself. Mm -hmm. So, um, and now like, I, you know, I don't know how what we could figure it out, but I don't know. It's just very different, you know. Um, you, you got a blend of influences that you're going with here. Like, yeah. Like you, you. At the top of the show, we played uh, Wolf Parade, who that was like your, your, what, what am I trying to say? That was kind of the foundation, and then it became, it just grew from there into something, like, I think way more, you know, vast and awesome. I mean, I, it kind of, I, I mean, I think it, it bears noting that, like, and this 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 stresses me out honestly i'm not i'm not trying to like say this is cool like people have a really hard time even saying like what genre they think right, the music yeah, is right yeah you don't want to compare it to someone else like and i just no, did no 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 that because you were saying that was an influence which is totally i mean spencer yeah. krug all of his projects are like a huge influence on mm -hmm. me and i've loved all of his projects for a long time but um uh like wait i lost my train of thought 
Um, oh, oh, yeah, and people, they, they can't think of, like, other bands that it sounds like, and so, to me, everybody's saying, you know how you, like, make, how you make it in the music industry is you go find a band that sounds like you and figure out what they did, and I'm like, or, like, find ten bands that sound like you and figure out what they did. I'm like, I don't know, there's one band that, yeah. and I'm like, and then I, you know, I'm myopic because I wrote it, so I'm like, can somebody help with this? And everyone's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it is a thing. Like nobody, I, ha- I haven't gotten any, you know, I haven't played it for like a million people. Like, but I mean, it, it's, you know, I don't know what to, people seem to not know what to compare it to. And that's good. To me, that's a good thing. Do I'm you, glad. Do you have anything that you would compare it to? No, yeah. I don't. I've only heard what has been put on Spotify already that you posted on, on Instagram, and I and I enjoyed it. And I listened to it on the way here. What was out? Okay, good. On my, you did your homework. Yes. Well, I've heard. I heard it when you posted on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then coming here, I have the Bluetooth speaker because my radio still doesn't work, and I listened to it on the way here, and I like it, but I wouldn't know what to. I don't know anything. I wouldn't know what to compare it to. So. Well, I actually I mentioned you one other time on the show. We every year we inevitably talk about our Spotify uh, yes. what is it what do they call it wrapped oh or whatever. yeah yeah, 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 yeah your yeah. year wrapped yeah, yes. you were sadly on, talk about that yeah but you were on my I, my year wrapped and I, I said uh, yeah we might uh, we might hear from her in the future and look here we are fulfilling promises to the listener ta-da that's what we do here on the show and uh, yeah we're uh, we're coming towards we're coming towards the end of this uh, episode? <laughs> well, no, we still have some time. Oh, on I, was the episode like, I was like, no way. Of I think the, you mean of the, of the record. Of the, of the project. Oh, yes. Put together a whole record, now, a whole LP. What's going on with that now? Now, is that going to be, what is that? Ani, you care to take this one? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, Adam and I had a deadline, and, you know, I just sort of wanted to, like, get, you know, I had, you know, I just work better when there are deadlines, even if they're arbitrary. Um, but And I just wanted to get it done because I really, really wanted to have, like, an album out there. But then I realized, like, nobody was going to hear it. Because um, even the the singles that we were releasing, like, they were just getting no traction. And also kind of needed more money um, to be able to finish mastering it because we'd already mastered, like, a few songs. We had to master the rest of them. And we wanted to do... Um, instrumental and acoustic versions of every song so that we could potentially mm. do sync deals, which we cut that out. That's not very interesting. But um, <laughs> That's kind of interesting, but yeah, cut it. I had this idea to do a Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter is live right now, um, and it will be live until April 17th. And we met our first goal, which is enough money to cover the mastering. Uh, we met that goal in one day. Yeah, that was crazy. Wow. Um, but Kickstarter. We... We really need to meet now what are called stretch goals because that's the money that we're going to be able to use for marketing. Um, so we really – this is what we need to, like, get the music out there. So I'm really trying to, like, talk to people who know what they're doing with this stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to network. I'm trying to, like, be savvy about it. We've got a month. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know when you're going to air – you're not going to air this. There won't be a month left when you air this. But Soon. This will be out the Wednesday after St. Patrick's Day. So next week. Which is oh, next Wednesday. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Which is next week. Yeah. So there, yeah. So anyway, we have some time um to figure this out, but it's also not that much time. Um <laughs> goes quick. I have yeah. I don't know. So we'll see. But um, you know, I'm trying to kind of it's more the album is is like more than just a record of music. It's really like it's also part of like a story from my life, the way it came to be which was under kind of interesting circumstances, I guess. And um, I didn't want to share that with anybody for a long, long time. Mm. And then I realized that, like, maybe if I do, other people who are in the same situation might respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I heard that immediately from the first, you know, naked songs that you sent me and that that spoke to me and I knew that I wanted to work with you. Just based on that, I knew it was. It just seemed like incredible to me. Everything that you were that you were doing, even even at that point. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna hitch my wagon to to her star. Oh, there. Wow, thank you. 
And that's um, and that's why we're here. Yeah. We're doing this. So uh And I want to get the story out there in addition to the record, you know, cuz yeah. like that's become as important to me as I mean getting the music out there is first and foremost the right thing, but it's it's not as much about like market it, get money. I mean, because it is that way and it has to be that way. Mm. But when I'm conceptualizing of it, I'm really thinking more like, how do I get people to like hear this story? Like it's much more of a holistic package for me. Yeah. You're always, uh, when we're working together, you're always like, is that the, but is that the right story? I'll I'll put in (laughs) like some keyboard thing. And you're like, I don't think that that's the story. Well, I'll say that doesn't that doesn't tell the story. Yeah, that doesn't it's tell. Not part, it's, not, it's not part of the story. Yeah, and then I have to I have to you know I have to fix my uh, my contribution well, to the story. No, I mean, they just you know it's, they have like arcs and visions. I mean, it's the same way their colors <laughs> they're different colors yeah. like, which is we don't have to talk about that. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I just have like a sound to me is like very tied to a lot of other things so it can be very tied to like an emotion like it is for everybody um and then it's tied to colors for me and um shapes and i just i see an arc for every song and they're sort of like a protagonist and there are things that happen to them and um you know i I want there to be, I want to tell the story that is there with the instrumentation, but also the instrumentation needs to work in conjunction with the other. So like, for example, like there'll be one riff and I'll be like, well, this is the, she's the star of the show. This riff is the star of the show. So this needs to be this kind of instrumentation. And then this is way more of like a background thing. You're like Um, staging a play. But I, I do see it in my head. So that's why, um, yeah. I understand that, and I can I can wrap my head around that, you know, and that's I think that's why uh, we work so well together. Yeah, because you don't think I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy, <laughs> no, or or we're both uh, on whatever level of crazy that we can't even tell. Foliada. What is that? Foliada. Is that German? No, that's that's French for um, it's for like a shared psychosis when two people buy into the same there false reality. Is an X Files episode called that? There is. Yes. There's an episode of every crime drama called that, <laughs> and it's about it's the one where the the Vince Gilligan one where the guy in the office can see a monster, and then once he convinces someone else it's real or whatever, they can also see <laughs> the monster. It's a good episode. There's there's an episode. I'm pretty sure there's an episode of Criminal Minds called that. I'm pretty sure there's there's definitely yes. an episode of Law and Order SVU where it, oh no Criminal Intent Law and Order where it happens. It's every every crime drama exploits it. Yeah, yeah. So basically, working with you is like being on a crime drama. <laughs> I don't think you guys are crazy. I'm interested. It sounds interesting to me. Well, thank you. Blocking a song, I find it to be interesting. It's yeah. We don't record. We stage and yeah, block. Yeah, I'm, I I think it sounds cool. It's a play. It's a stage play. I mean, I guess that's sort of. I mean, it's sort of like the way you know. That's because I've been acting since I was little, so it's kind of just like probably the way my brain works a little bit. But it is also the visualization and being able to see the things in different colors and textures and knowing like the personalities that they have. Yes. Um. And just. I need the right instrumentation to tell, like to give the to to convey the right personality, you know, mm-hmm. or the instrument that we pick might have the wrong personality to tell the story, like to be that character in the story. Yeah, it's like a character actor. I mean, I'm kind of it's like I'm casting. Yeah, <laughs> casting the roles, I'm casting the I mean, instruments. It makes sense. I mean, if, if 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 a sound gives out a certain emotion and you're trying to tell a story, I get it. I understand it in layman's terms. Yeah. I get it. I would say our our maybe the the place where we disagree on if we disagree at all is I like to throw in cheeky stuff all the time, like little yeah like dumb things and leave in stupid things I, and Ani's like ah you gotta get rid of that <laughs> and I'm like yeah. okay I let you keep the cheeky stuff well there's sometimes. a couple yeah you you've, you you have, don't have to let him keep the cheeky stuff <laughs> I, I have uh, sne- I was able to sneak a couple cheekies in there but uh, I hope people listen to this and they go I like everything except these couple of cheeky moments <laughs> <laughs> but, they really don't feel like they're part of the story. Yeah, it really throws it off. But everything else is great. Well, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's probably distracting, I would imagine, you know. Hey, collaborations, you know. Yeah, we, we have. 
whenever I've ever collaborated with you, sometimes I don't agree with you, and I think oh, sometimes. Well. Yeah, we, very we often never, don't agree yeah, with them. We never agree. I know. I don't know why we do a show together. We don't click <laughs> in many ways. But I'll be like, hey, I trust him. I trust his opinion. You know, usually I'm right in the end. But yeah, he he is usually right, <laughs> and, and you're usually right too. So I'm just wrong all the time. People need someone to help them make things. You're very good at it. I'm yeah. I'm the the guy that helps things happen. You, you have a you have skill sets that people need. I have no skill sets. You have skill sets that people hey, this guy can help me make this. I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> yeah. What's that from? <laughs> Taken. Taken. You're Liam Neeson from Taken. <laughs> I and, and and you know, I think you're a creative guy though. He's very creative. Yeah. He's come up with some of the coolest stuff, you know, and the song that we're sort of getting the most buzz about um was really Totally, like Adam's conception. Like it, he he really arranged that. See, like completely made it. Now we're of... really kissing Adam's ass, though. It's making it's making me and I bet the listener uncomfortable. I'm not kissing his ass. I'm giving credit where credits. That's due. fair. That's fair. Okay. Because I'm gonna take all the rest of the credit. Yes. So he gets to have this one. Yeah. 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 I'll I'll take that one. Yes. Credit where credits due. I I I like that's good. So you're you're a credit where credits due. I am, guy. as a matter of fact. So I can appreciate that. Yeah. I'm glad. Are you a credit for credits due guy, <laughs> listener? Email us at the truth, Adam at gmail.com. <laughs> I had to throw that one in at the very end, but I will say two things. One, we're going to be back next week with Annika. Two, check out the Kickstarter link that I'm putting in the description of this episode. Take a look. Take a listen. Well, you're about to take a listen anyway, listener, because we're going to close the show with a song from Annika. You're cool with that, right? Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, that's why that's why we're here. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're here. Me too. I, are you sure? <laughs> that it didn't sound very convincing. What? <laughs> I, I, it was good. I think that went well. It was, it was good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, all right. All right, so we all feel pretty good about it. I feel good. And you. we all feel good. I feel good. And that's it? Okay, well, then that's it. And, uh, yeah, go check out the Kickstarter and go listen to the music and uh, Vespas are cool. <laughs> <laughs>